Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast episode 254 for the week of February 9th, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privateer, here with a bunch of people from RP Gamer to talk about the latest week's news in RPGs and uh, video games in general. And, you know, we've we've uncovered all the secrets to video games and gun violence over the past week, so you know, we'll, we'll unpack all that, too. Uh, first off, from the West Coast, man who knows a lot about gun violence because he lives in the city of gun violence, Emmanuel Marino. I don't think that's true. Murders are down, pollution's down, and we have safe and efficient transportation systems. Los Angeles, it's never been better. Inquired today about... Never mind. <laughs> How, how's that job at the Los Angeles tourist board going? Man? No kidding. <laughs> hey, hey, for every person that moves here or every business that comes here, I get a shiny new car. Every For every person, huh? Well, they don't expect me to bring in many people. Well, after he shoots them and takes the car, yes. Shh, no. Los Angeles. <laughs> it's a wonderful place to move to. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> from a country where even thinking about guns is illegal, John Yearworth? Uh, yeah, something like that. No, just, just discount all of the uh, you know, sort of hunters and the farmers that have them or something. And don't try and shoot anyone, for the love of God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's true. The British do love shooting a bird. They love shooting birds. Pheasant hunters, and then having dogs so chase much, after said dead birds. No, no, they've shot so many birds that they've actually started to have to protect um, a couple of Jersey species, anyways. Yeah, yeah, but Jersey's weird. Yeah, apparently why the heck really are, like their ducks? Why the heck are you know British hunters hunting people in New Jersey? I just don't understand it. I didn't say New Jersey. I said Jersey. Yeah, Jersey oh, from the Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, man. Oh. Shoot that stuff. You guys suck. An, an English version of the Jersey Shore based on people from the island of Jersey would be extremely weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they already had that show. Isn't it called uh, Everywhere is Essex? No, it's called Upton Abbey. Upton oh. Abbey? <laughs> I just made Quinn cry. Yeah, I think you did. Even though I don't give a crap about Downton Abbey. <laughs> Everywhere is Essex. Anyways. Okay. Also here from a country where they use snowballs instead of uh instead of guns because, you know, ammo's cheaper. Anna Marie Newfeld. We have more guns per capita than the US. But, yeah, anyway. but they to to fend off vicious moose attacks. Yes. Yeah, no, no, you know what? You're totally right on that one. Um so I'm going to launch straight into now playing because I have a great story for you guys. So Chris and I were playing Diablo 3 this week. And in fact, we went from Act 1 on Nightmare and finished it. And we went from Act 1 to Hell and were about to finish it. And then Chris was like, well, I'm really tired. I'm falling asleep on my keyboard. I'm going to bed. And as he logs out, I'm warping into the Diablo fight. So I finish it like not even two minutes after he goes to bed. And then I'm like, well, I have 200k gold. I'm almost 60. Should I wait or should I level up my blacksmith and my jewel crafter? Because there are two NPCs that make equipment and gems for you to put in the equipment. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to spend what I have and see how far I get. So I got both up to their max level, level 10. And I had about 26k left. And I was like, well, I still want to play some Diablo 3, but I don't want to get 60 without Chris, so I'll just make a new character. And I made a male demon hunter to see what they were like. 
and I jumped into a public game because it's fun. And someone pops into the game and says, hey, trade with me for a second. And I pop open a trade window and they give me 500,000 gold. Have fun. And then they log out. And I was like, oh, well, this is really cool. So now not only do I have a max level blacksmith and a max level jewel crafter, I also have the nightmare staff of herding. And Chris is going to be very, very jealous. Well, where's your hell staff of herding? Oh, I haven't yeah. made it. Yeah. Yeah, you talk to me when you got that. Well, so- I can log in and make it now if you want. <laughs> so gold farming is so prevalent. You're logged in at the moment. That's wow. Oh, yeah, so it is. So, it's man, gold easy. farmers have so much money on their hand, they just g- casually donate to people. Um, There's more where this came from later. No, no. I mean, there wasn't anything like that. It was just... I know, I know. What'd you go? It was just... Wait, I thought did, it was awesome. What level was their character when they joined your game? Uh, two, because they have to be to join that um, range of games. That's funny. Do you have yeah, an online just, stalker? <laughs> I don't think so. If I give her the gold, maybe she'll love me. <laughs> I... I don't know. Maybe it's because I played Diablo 2 back in the day, but when someone does stuff like that, I start getting worried about the stuff in my stash and my trade window and my inventory because um, that, that's like the sort of stuff people did when they used bugs to exploit and take stuff from you. Ugh. Well, was the guy screaming Nigerian Prince? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, is that the new character class? In what Diablo class 3? was he, Anna? What class was he? Do you I know? think it was a monk. <laughs> oh. Sorry. But anyways, we've been playing Diablo 3 this week. We've been playing World of Warcraft this week. I've been playing Final Fantasy 9. I just got married. Yay! And I met Mr. Pintyhead. And that's been my week in gaming. Wait, what? I met Mr. Pintyhead. They live in the forest. Where the owls don't go. I think this is a Coneheads reference. I don't know what she's talking about. It's no, like an old SNL you sketch. Go. Oh my God. Coneheads. Did you guys not play Final Fantasy IX? Not for a decade plus. You go to the outer continent, and the first place you go to is Cone Petty. Oh, right, yeah. For Valley like, Ho! The dwarves and whatever. But yes. who gets married? Uh, uh, everybody? Yeah, everybody, because you're um, the, uh, the traditions of the town say that you can only go to where the uh, rock outside the ether tree is, as if you've been joined in some sort of marriage ceremony. So Zidane marries Zidane get, yeah, Zidane Dagger. Gets fake married to Dagger. And then Vivi marries Kina. I don't remember that at all. Isn't that also the one where you can marry Steiner to Queena? Or, oh right, yeah, you know, you got, did it with Vivi. No, no, because you don't have Steiner at that point. Yeah, good point. It's been a long time since I've played through nine as well. I need to, I need to go and do it again. Yes. So it's really good. I think I'm almost done just two at this point. So I just I spent an hour running around outside of the Black Mage Forest, um, getting money because they had the big synth shop there, and that was the first synth shop I've hit in a while. So that was fun. It amazes me how little I remember of F nine. I played that game. <laughs> I remember I anything you just said. Game. Really? Wow. Yeah, I just met um, Aiko. Or Aiko. I don't remember how to correctly pronounce her name. Don't think it matters. Project Aiko? Oh, yeah. the little summoner girl. I think I remember her. A little yeah, horn with the horn head. in her head. Yeah. Huh. Yep. What, isn't that Garnet's sister? 
Yes. Nah, same tribe. I don't think they're sisters exactly. I think they're cousins. Yeah, cousins. So, anyways, carry on. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I played Diablo three and World of Warcraft with Anna, so she's already covered that. I also played. Um, I I busted out Mark of the Ninja. Picked that up real cheap this week, and that's really fun. Have you any of you guys played that? Uh, I've played like the first level of it. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a cool <coughs> take on stealth? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I've been enjoying that. I've only played a couple of levels of it, but um, and the levels are pretty long. Um, and uh, yeah, that's real fun to to stealth kill people and just the way they make it so that it's a quick restart if you get caught or die and stuff like that. It, it really takes some frustration out of the stealth genre, um, and you get to retry like, okay, I'll be sneaky a different way this time and. Um, it's always fun to be a ninja and climbing up walls and stabbing people when they can't see you and uh, doing all that sort of stuff. And uh, you really get lost in those levels. I've been playing it with mouse and keyboard, which is kind of weird, but surprisingly it works. <laughs> so you stab people by holding down the left mouse button, then it says drag to the left or drag to the right, and you got to do it to the correct direction that it chooses. Otherwise, they you make a loud gurgly kill, and that's no good because then people hear you. Um, so yeah, Stabby Stabby and Mark of the Ninja. I also picked up the uh, Etrian Odyssey 4 demo. Anyone else pick that up? We no. have uh, a QR code. Lack of yes. CDS. Yeah, I uh, I did. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't have a 3DS, John. But um, yeah, the um, so the demo's pretty good. It's, it gets you, you can go up to level 10 and you can kind of play through the first floor of the first big main dungeon. And... Uh, Oh, what to say? Uh, if you're not familiar with Ed- Etrian Odyssey Four, or Etrian Odyssey series, it is a it is a dun- first person dungeon crawling RPG where you kind of, you know, kind of in the wizardry tradition, you go to town and you recruit people into your party. You say, "I want this sort of fighter." They've got multiple classes: a swordsman, a big tank. They got a healer. They got a magic user. They got a rogue. They got a ranger. Um, that sort of stuff. So you kind of choose what you want in your party. Build it up. You can five people in your party at a time. And it looks like there's some extra classes in the game that you don't get to unlock till later or something like that, too. So you can you can play around with all the classes in the demo. You get a little airship to explore a field. And then uh, it, within the field, you can find dungeons. You go into the dungeon and you go through, uh, uh, you know, walking around first person, killing monsters, and then occasionally running into these really big monsters called foes, which are super powerful boss monsters. And you don't want to run into them because in general, they'll just destroy you until you get leveled up enough and get new equipment. So other than that, it's a traditional uh, dungeon crawl. So run around, try not to die, um, get as much experience as you can without killing yourself, and then go back to town, uh, sell off all the items, buy new equipment, and uh, repeat until you're leveled up enough to take on either the foes or go on to the next floor of the dungeon or go on to the next dungeon itself. Lather, rinse, repeat. Um, Great music. Uh, what was what was the uh, composer's name? Yuzo Kazero. Uh, let's see, Etrian Odyssey for composer. Um, and it was one of those things that, uh, yeah, Yuzo Koshiro, and it really is a nice uh, nice soundtrack and good battle music. And so I, I really encourage everybody if you've got a 3DS, download the demo, give it a try, and go to our site. Once you uh, play the game, you have to play through the tutorial dungeon. Um, there's two dungeons in the demo. There's a tutorial dungeon, and then there's the first floor, the main dungeon, first dungeon. So play through the tutorial dungeon. After that, you'll open up the ability to scan in QR codes, which is a way for people to share items and stuff from their guilds with other people. Um, the thing is, uh, you know, right now it's, it's a demo, so you, 
none of that's happening. But instead, Atlas and uh, has put out all these QR codes that let you get items, including really nice upgraded equipment for your characters that you can use in the demo. And uh, we've got one at RPGamer.com. Um, Atlas has one on the main entry in Odyssey 4 website. And I saw one other... Um, oh, I don't remember where. I think uh, NeoGAF has a thread kind of tracking down where you can get all of them. But the main two you need are... The one on our site, which is a nice sword upgrade, and um, it's one... in the video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's at the end of the video. Is the third one? Um, yeah. One of the items is this map. I don't even know what to do with it. So, and I, um, judging by the Japanese version, there'll be a ton of QR codes, like thirty of them plus, by the time all is said and done with various items and maps to new dungeons and stuff. Just right now, um, you have to wait for Atlas to leak them out because the QR codes from the Japanese version don't work in the U.S. version. So uh, don't even bother with the Japanese ones. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. Um, what what you been doing, Manny? Uh, not much. Just trying to wrap up the last little bits of Saints Row 3. You know, I had that full, what's it called? The full cut. The full package. The f- yeah, there you go. So I'm just going through uh, the DLC. I already finished Genki and Gangsters in Space. Yeah, the DLC is right. Is it okay? It's okay. It's okay. It, you know, it's like maybe like a, an hour and a half for each one. I mean, if I would have paid like ten bucks for each, I would have been upset. But as part of a package, not so bad for though. twenty bucks. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, I got a lot of. Plus, you get I have all the uh, every DLC item, which I don't know. It, uh, some some weapons. It's okay. It's all okay stuff. At the same time, I'm glad I decided not to load up the DLC until I finished the game because I think some of those items would have discouraged me from upgrading, you know, spending my money to upgrade the main weapons or have to go to a store and buy some cool stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Cool. Gangsters in space. Gangsters in space. Oh, I only have one more. Uh, the trouble with clones, and hopefully, from what I understand, this is the best one of the DLC packs. Okay. Report back to us next week. Breaking news. I just finished The Trouble with Clones. Not so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, what you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing a few games. Um, Any robots in them? You were playing yes. The Sims. <laughs> oh, you're I into was, The Sims was, again? That was last week. Oh, oh. my bad. Could you get yeah, giant so robots in okay. The Sims? That would be cool. You can turn your Sims into robots, I know that. But they're not giant. I did play some giant robots, just not very much. I am on this... Well, I am on this one marathon stage before the... I I am basically on stage 60 of 61, which is a giant boss marathon. It's not very pleasant. In what? Ah, giant robots. Super Robot Wars OG 2. Okay. Well, you have to be clear because you have so many giant robot games. So yeah, I think I've actually checked. I think I have something like sixteen, not counting the other centuries episodes games. I think or Zone of the Enders, for that matter. Wait, sixteen just just uh. I think I may have sixteen Super Robot Wars games. Okay, that's what wow. I was going to say. Yeah. So if you add in every other series of giant robots, how many do you have? Do you I think probably over twenty. That's it. Only four more. I said. Well, I said probably over twenty. Okay. Because ACE counts for three. I have two copies. Yeah, I'll see Armored Core. Zone of the Enders 2, Zone of the Enders HD. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a couple of others sort of floating around in there. 
like older games as well. I what still about have from mission, games. From mission games. I still have my. Uh, I still have my. I actually don't own any Front Mission games. Hmm. Uh, front Mission. The most recent Front Mission was a rental by our household. Um, How good was it? And uh, I think I still have like old copies of some slightly older games, like my old copies of Mech Commander and Mech Warrior Four. Oh, um, so then after that, so are you are you, are you playing at all any Hawken or uh, Mech Warrior Online? Uh, I've tried MechWarrior Online. I haven't tried Hawken yet. I tried Hawken this week, actually. Yeah? I downloaded it and gave it a shot. It's, um, well, it, it's free to play. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> to be fair, though, you don't like playing. It's it's just Call of Duty with a Mexican, though. It, you don't exactly. Think- that's exactly what it felt like. It's a quick respawn game where you run around, shoot people. It, it just felt like a generic first-person shooter in the gameplay, and it should have felt so much more because you're in this huge, awesome map. No, no, but that's what they wanted design-wise. This is just like a fun combat experience. You jump in, you're you're shooting people. Yes, and it does deliver on that. And honestly, compared to other free-to-play first-person shooters, it's way better produced. Um because I've played some really crappy free-to-play first-person shooter games. so um, You know what I'm saying, though? I, I mean, I think for you, you should be playing MechWarrior Online, where you actually build a mech out. You have to worry about weight and heat, and you're with a team of people. and you're. You How know, much is that? Free-to-play, too. Oh, I didn't know that. When did that come out? MechWarrior Online is free-to-play oh, as well. This must have come out a long Last time ago. Year. I mean, it's exactly what you want. You're like you're on a, you're on a sortie. You can be at night. You can turn on your night vision goggles or your thermal sensors. All that stuff. Big bulky. Me- oh, and you can like you can be walking one way and rotating your mech the other way, shooting your laser. That's exactly what you want. You know what I want? I want what I had in Japan, which was the full-on Gundam capsule arcade game where you have two hand controls and two foot controls, and you have to use all I'm of them together. Not, I'm not sure that would fit in my house. I, you know what I think? I think would. Ed would divorce you if you bought that. <laughs> Anna, would it be okay if I had one of those? Yep, I just kick your ass. <laughs> oh, I have to get two. There you go. That's your entire living room. It's it just was so yeah, cool. You uh, put both of your feet. You, you slide both hands forward to to go forward. It was really cool. Yeah, but Chris Virtual On did that in like 1996, just without the foot pedals. But foot it had pedals. a badass, and it was a big panoramic screen in front of you, and it cost two dollars to play every time. If that's all, if that's your only criteria, why don't you just play Episode One Pod Racer? Because it had pedals and things you pushed forward to go faster. I don't. I, I, there's no pedals on the N64 controller. No, I'm talking about if you went to the arcade. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, you sat in a pod, you pushed but, forward to go faster, and there were pedals, and you would move side to side, and it was but, a panoramic. Episode one, Manny. Pod I, racing. Actually, uh, in, Manny's, in Manny's defense here, the episode one pod racer game was actually really quite good. It was about the only decent thing to come out of that entire mm-hmm. thing. Right. It's probably yeah. one of the N64's better racer games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not counting Mario Kart. Fine. But yeah, uh, some other stuff I did this week. Um, played some more um, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Um, it, I kind of really like how much attention to detail um, the developers, who I think are called Sumo Design, have put into this game. Um, while there's a lot of references I probably could point out, I think the favorite one, my favorite one is um, one, of the, uh, one of the tracks is called... Um, Race of Ages, which kind of serves as a sort of museum of Sega's properties throughout the years. And if you're in first place, um, uh, on the, just if, as you go into the final lap, if you're in first place, 
um, Segata Sanshiro will fly past the finish line, still on his rocket, carrying a Sega Saturn. It's brilliant. Ooh, nice. Yeah, the oh, one from his... The one, yeah, the, 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 the Sega Saturn guy from those Japanese adverts. Who, su- uh, who suplexes people and they explode. Oh, that, I was going to talk about, remember on the Dreamcast, the launch Dreamcast in Japan, this, like, the CEO of Sega is on the cover looking suspicious on his cell phone, like, you caught me. Is he I in there? Don't, I don't remember that. Oh, Google it really quickly, just uh, Dreamcast yeah, Japan. I don't think he's in there. I think Segata Sanshiro is there because he was kind of, you know. <laughs> I have to say, that's probably the craziest, like, console art you'll ever see is that um, is the Sega Dreamcast Japanese box I, uh, I did also finally get off my ass and actually start leveling above 85 in World of Warcraft wait what wait it, he's getting into a car <laughs> you it's like it was, a, it was a campaign like you caught him there's the Sega CEO <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> I don't think anyone does crazy. <laughs> it makes no sense Okay. <laughs> wow. Did you catch that last bit, Chris? No. What was that? Uh, it's World of Warcraft. Finally got off level eighty-five. Oh, good for you! I did see you log into WoW while we were playing Diablo. I just didn't know what you were up to. Uh, I, I'm actually uh, about fifteen percent into level eighty-eight already. Good. Uh, it doesn't doesn't take that long. How are you enjoying the questing in the expansion? Yeah, it's all right. I, there's been a couple of there has been a couple few amusing moments. I, I just know that um, you know the second I get to ninety, it it goes back to the old uh, Rafa Lich King style massive rep grind stuff. Um, differently though, the rep grind this time is with dailies and not with uh, dungeon runs. Yeah, no, I know that. Okay, I've I've seen the daily lists, and I feel like I preferred the dungeon runs. <laughs> yeah, just give me a tabard and let me go dungeon running. <laughs> Oy. Anyway, well, I'll find out in two levels' time. Yeah. So, you Chris, maybe this reference will mean something to you. Um, Seraphim Kitten asked me for a ride on one of his characters. So I have my Obsidian Nightwing. And he said to me, come, Anifax, let us show them the true meaning of haste. <laughs> Nice. Okay, good. That does mean something to you. That does mean you. something to me. That's a Lord of the Rings Uh-oh. joke. Oh, now he's giving me crap on, on well, about the fact that I'm embarrassing him on the podcast. That, that is a Lord of the Rings reference is what that is. Okay. <laughs> good to I have know. never guessed, personally. It's uh, Shadow <laughs> Facts. All right. Yeah, it's a quote from the meaning movie or something. Um, no, I may, not, from I may not like Probably Lord of the Rings that much, but I do recognize Gandalf's horse. I'm not that uncultured. Oh, I do remember the that Penny Arcade comic where the two horses come up and they see Shadowfax, King of the Horses. Like, dude, that's Shadowfax, King of the Horses. I'm going to go say hi. It's like, no, dude, just be cool. <laughs> the two horses talking to each other. Okay, so Chris, I, think, I, I think want you to I play MechWarrior online and tell me all about it. Really? All right. Come on, you you said this game should be like this. I'm like, that game exists. So I want to hear all about it, man. Tune in next week when Chris talks about his experiences playing MechWarrior Online. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oh, we found out if you do trace route at two one uh, 216.81.59.173 on your computer, 
or uh, if you're on Windows, Tracer T capital H 100 216.81.59.173. Your will, computer explodes. It will give you the full. Actually, it's a surprise, but it's a Star Wars related surprise and it's awesome. So go run that. Trace route. It's a great utility. It does pings. All the Unix geeks will enjoy that. All right. Uh, let's see. So we're done, right? I think so. That's the show? Well, no, we <laughs> probably should do news. No, we've got uh, feedback first. Oh, well, yes. okay. People told us what their favorite starships were. First off, coming in from Shadow 46999999 something like that. I was wondering if there was any sort of series that you haven't seen in a long time, or that just isn't worth playing right now due to current games, that you think could benefit from current technology. These don't have to be RPGs, even though they should be. I mean, come on, it's RPG cast. For example, tie the Tasmanian Tiger on Wii U by throwing your boomerang, similar to how you throw stars in Ta- Kamaro's Ninja Castle, or whatever it's called, the the Nintendo um, Land game where you swipe on the Wii U pad to throw Ninja Stars. Or Chibi Robo with the iPad, the whole touchscreen thing for possible scrubbing of things. I Spy using a 3DS's gyroscope for finding things, um, even though it'd be a pain. Lastly, extra credit if you can think of a use for those really expensive cubes that you put together. I think they're like Stifeo or something. I don't know what that... I don't know what he's talking about with that. So, uh, let's see. P.S. A Transformers game using those tablets, laptops that transform would be hilarious, even though it's probably break the system. Switching between the modes would be quick time events or something. So, what can we do with technology today that we couldn't do before? So, just think of an old game that would greatly benefit from current tech. But yeah. like, not just, like, uh, you know, more C- more cores in your GPU, but, like, actual, like, touchscreens and moving stuff. Like, that kind of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh. Ah, dang it. I, my idea would basically do, hey, let's, hey, Sega, let's do a remake of Skies of Arcadia using current generation PC technology. But, nah. Yeah, because honestly, at that I'll point, it just seems kind of obvious. Any old game that we liked, but with nicer graphics and sound. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, Magic Pengel seems like a perfect fit for all of the touch capabilities that are out there now. Um. And I presume that they would have to retranslate it, considering that you have stuff like signs that say flesh fish. Quinn, I got it. I got an angle for us to do this, to do uh, a new Skies of Arcadia. So do you remember uh, Pinta's Quest that you would play on your little VMU? I remember what, sorry? Pinta's Quest. It's like you had this I remember, I remember, Well, I remember the VMU, but I used it for uh, Chow's in Sonic Adventure. Uh, but in uh, in Skies of Arcadia, what you could do was uh, you had this character named Pinta, and then you could upload him into your VMU, and you can pl- take him uh, outside, and he'd go on his oh, little adventures. Right. Yeah, that uh, wasn't it called. Uh, yeah, no, Pinta's Quest. Else. Yeah, because uh, obviously they had to think of a way to bypass that in um, uh, when the GameCube version of Skies of Arcadia came out, because obviously the GameCube had no VMU. So eventually, you know, you'd play this little thing. You'd uh, you'd go exploring. You'd find islands, and you'd fight little. Uh, Pirate ships. It was very rudimentary, but you'd you know you get you'd get items. You come back and you load into the game. So I'm thinking, with current technology, you can use like a Pinta's Quest on your on your phone, your iPhone, your Samsung phone, your Android phone, whatever, and then you load it back into the game, and it could be a much more fully fleshed out Pinta's Adventure on mobile. If I liked mobile games, I'd consider it, but unfortunately, I don't. Hey, you played with Chow's on your VMU. What's diff? Yeah, but that was like 15 years ago. I know, man. Tech is so much better Back now. Back before he became jaded and intolerant. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a bastion of intolerance. 
Well, it was an idea. Really? There you go. I put some thought into it. I uh, I think it would be fun to see those games that have ridiculous mechanics like um, hunger and thirst, like Dark Cloud, um, to be remade with the the camera, so that you just have to like, you know, make the motions, and that's how you resolve that. That reminds me. Do you remember that game on on DS from Konami that was all about survival? Blue Island or something? Um, Lost in Blue, you mean? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Could that Those benefit from a Wii U transition? Um. Oh, yeah, because you could do all of your crafting in your lap and you could have like all of your HUD display in your lap. That actually would be a really good one. Because there's a lot of information you want to have really handy. And yeah, that would work super good. You're right. You know, it'd be funny though is if they sold. Uh, you know how the Wii U has an N- NFC built into the controller. What if they sold like little chicken legs and water stuff? And every now and then you have to put it on, but it's single use items. Like you just imagine, you put the water on the on the on your thing. There, I had some water. Now I need to go to the store and get some more. I'll die in the game. Oh, that's devious. I can't think of anything else really. Uh, they just wouldn't be fixed with nicer graphics. So I found out about these cubes. You go to Sifteo, S-I-F-T-E-O dot com, and they're these little cubes that you can play games on, and they're each separate. They've got a screen, and they can connect to each other, oh, and folks. they interact with each other, yeah, and like, things can that. slide from one to the other. It's uh, 130 bucks to start with a pack of three, or 200 to part, start with a pack of six, and it looks like you probably want the six. Wait, wait, is it batteries. expensive because it's old, or is that how much does it cost? That's how much it costs. That's on their oh. website. It's pretty new like they made a big holiday push last year and they're trying to get more games and more people buying them um okay. i don't know looks like there's things you could do with them i don't know if the, there's much out yet <laughs> uh what you could hmm hmm It'd be good for playing carcassonne or something but you'd need so many of them <laughs> anyway you know yeah. what's interesting though is one game that actually is you taking like an old idea and you're sort of really finally using technology to elaborate on it is a uh, republic or Republic, however you pronounce it. Yeah, that's true. Which is basically like crappy lifeline, but this time, you know, she's talking to you through your phone, and you're hacking through your phone. And that's the whole point, is that you're doing it through, you know, your mobile device. That's how you're helping her. Remember Lifeline? Where you do... Yeah. Walk. Shoot. No, left. Walk. 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 No, don't sit down. Walk. What did you mean? Bark like a kitten? <laughs> Yeah. She would say really weird things like that. Woof, woof, meow. Yeah. Well, let's see. That's what I'm thinking. Like Republic is basically Lifeline mixed with Metal Gear, with the with the trapping with the whole point of that you're behind the phone. So let's see if it actually works. That's what I'm interested in. Fair enough. Abstract questions are abstract. Yes, they are. <laughs> Oh, let's see. What's our next email from, let's see, from someone named James says, Your Majesty, with Nino Kuni out, I'm wondering what furry or beast-like characters from other games you like. Um, okay. Furry or beast-like characters, huh? Um, I remember, and this is, this tells you how long I've been working for RP Gamer. Way back in the day when I first started, when they first released the artwork of Zidane, 
the avatar that I was using at the bottom of the Q&A columns actually looked almost identical. Mm -hmm. It was very, very scary. So I've always had a soft spot for Satan. Oh, okay. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no one else is answering. All right. Red 7. Red 7. What's that from? You mean Red, Red 13? Red 13? I don't know. I actually, I never played the game. You honest. didn't play Final Fantasy 7? <laughs> yeah, his name is Red 13. Red 13. <laughs> I just I just remember there being a red lion tiger, and people seem to love him. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got oh, nothing. What about that yeah. stupid thing from Xenogears that gets crucified? The little puffy choo-choo. I didn't play enough of Xenogears, apparently. Uh, the only thing I remember from Xenogears is Red Rum, Red Rum. Uh, that's in Xenogears? Yeah. Red Rum. Why would Red that be in Xenogears? It's a shiny reverence, reference. No, 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 no. There's there's some sort of Red Rum reference, because I definitely haven't seen The Shining. Well, that's kind of dumb. All right. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ocelot writes in and says Dear Arpeggio cast uh, So I'm hearing that Raymond is getting delayed And coming to multiple consoles now Is that a sign of a major publisher No longer confident in the success of the Wii U Or is this nothing to worry about for Nintendo Um, Well I I don't remember it only being An exclusive for Wii U I always figured that would come to other consoles What do you guys think I thought it was Wii U exclusive to start that was always my impression. Okay. It's like how when Grand, one of the Grand Theft Autos came out, it was Xbox 360 to start, and then nine months later, it came to the PS, the PlayStation. Oh, that, yeah, that was the DLC, the, the GTA Four stories. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, you know, on it, some people are freaking out about this. You can see the NeoGAF thread, which is just some of the most vitriol you can imagine on the internet being spewed at this. Well, that's you know just, what? That's just NeoGAF, really. Yeah. Well. It sucks for the people who were in crunch for like the last six months to get the game done in January. And now it's delayed. So what's that? It's, I feel bad for them, but That's a good point. I can understand business-wise. They, if they release, they want to sell more copies of this game. They want to make more money. That's what a company does. They'll make more if they release all of them at, all, all at once. Okay. I mean, I don't. It's. You, you know, it's, it's just a business decision. You don't have to like it, but it's not like you don't have to boycott Ubisoft or Nintendo as right. a result. <laughs> True enough. All right, so it's 2013, he says, which of course means it's time to release more games from the 80s if you're Capcom. Anyone interested in revisiting any of the 15 classics being released through Capcom Arcade? So here's how this works. Uh, they're going to release the arcade cabinet for like all the systems. And you can, or is it just 360? Yeah, I guess it's just 360. I don't know. You get Black Tiger, 1943, Battle of Midway, and Avenger in Game Pack 1. Ghosts and Goblins, Gunsmoke, and Section Z in Pack 2. Sidearms, The Speed Rumbler, and Exid X's, or aka Savage Bees in Pack 3. Commando, Legendary Wings, and Trojan in Pack 4. And 1942, Sun Sun, and Pirate Ship Higamaro in Pack 5. Or you can wait for an all-in-one pack in May for 30 bucks. These packs are $5, $10, $10, $10, $10 otherwise. Um, 
I have no interest in any of those. Same here. Yeah. Sorry. No one else is speaking up, so I assume it's the same for John and Anna. Uh, No, I kind of don't care. Okay. Number three, Pokemon X and Y have recently been announced, which means the internet is absolutely abuzz with all sorts of rumor and speculation. My favorites tend to be fake Pokemon that shady cyber artists released in an attempt to fool everyone into thinking they are real. Which brings me to the question, what are some of your favorite video game hoaxes, rumors, or myths? Oh, I remember the old, uh, any of the myths surrounding the original Generation 1 Pokemon games. Those were hilarious. Oh yeah, holding down A to make the Pokeball go better. Oh, Pikablue? You remember that one? I remember that one. And then Missing No, which was a glitch. Yeah, yeah, Missing No is a real thing. Oh, it became a real thing afterwards. No, no, Missing No is a real thing in Generation 1. It is due to a glitch. It's That's what I'm saying, there. though. But then it became like an actual Pokemon later. Mm, no. no the Unknown was based on the Missy No glitch. No, it wasn't. It's based on the alphabet, I thought. It's based on hieroglyphics. No, I mean, oh, no, forget it. Whatever. Yeah, there's I, I don't care enough unknowns. to argue about it. Anyway. Well, we'll have to do some research after the show. I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> I'll be 100% honest. All right. Uh, uh, maybe the Akuma one. You remember that one? Actually, oh, is that the the EGM thing? Yeah. Were they? Uh, the wasn't it? Didn't e, no, EGM's done several quite good. Wait, April was it Shenlong? Am I thinking? Oh, yeah, Shenlong. Shenlong was. Yeah, was the uh, the Street Fight famous Street Fighter Two hoax. But didn't that one that become one? real or not? I can't that remember. one became real in like Street Fighter, I think four. I think when they eventually introduced the character who was, because uh, I, I think the idea was he was. Um, the person who taught Ryu all his moves, oh, okay. and then he became an actual character. I think in I think Street Fighter Four just called something different. So, and also the the I think the other reference Capcom made to it is um, it, uh, the like the exaggerated requirements to get this mythical character to appear are I think virtually identical to the requirements to get Akuma to appear in the game that Akuma, uh, the games that Akuma appears in. I think also similar to how you get to see Seth in Street Fighter 4. Well, no, not Seth. Seth was just the boss. No, yeah. Seth's just the boss. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. In fact, it may actually be, you have to get to Seth with a sort of similar set of requirements. You know, uh, never having, you know, uh, get to the uh, get to Seth without ever having a uh, loss on your record or something during that run through, and you fight um, whoever the hell the guy Ryu's master is or whatever. So yeah, Capcom kind of picked that one up and sort of ran with it a couple of times. Of course, we have the whole General Leo can be resurrected, Eris can be resurrected, yeah. We uh, we ran a story one year that was Final Fantasy VII eight bit, and that actually started to get spread around as real news for a while. Do you remember that one that I think Becky did, Ocelot, about uh, Tales of Graces getting delayed or something? Um, no, I don't. And then I everyone don't. was really upset. It was something like that. <laughs> it sounds like something we do for April Fools, though. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think if there's oh, any I, other... I, really yeah, I know I upset a few people on April Fool's Day last year, or the year oh. before that. What did you do? That was that fake Super Robot Wars story I ran. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was written completely straight. Yeah, it's coming out here. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 uh, that did actually get 
that got some hate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Didn't some guy rage quit our forums over that? No, I think I, I, I think someone so. I think someone said that they rage quit our site over on GameFAQs after that one. Ah, there you go. Good job, Quinn. Whoops. <laughs> if you're not <laughs> yeah. making GameFAQs angry, you're not doing it right. Oh, we make GameFAQs angry all the time. You should see every time we post a review. <laughs> There's always a thread. There you mm-hmm. go. That's what those are internet hoaxes, RP Gamer reviews. <laughs> all our ho- <laughs> Every single one. Uh, the one you- I liked was the one that Cheap Ass Gamer did, where uh, GPD was talking on the podcast about how easy it is to get a rumor picked up by, by, uh, by, uh, by the blog sites, and like somebody should do it, and somebody put together the Xbox Next or something like that, and <laughs> with really crappy, obviously fake story, put it on the forums, and it got picked up and actually run on like Kotaku or something. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Oh, it happened oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was this 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 thing happened recently where basically a guy had said he had some information about the new Xbox and sent it around to a number of the big game sites and they all ran it as uh, news and then he outed it as a uh, hoax on Twitter. Uh, I know, I think it was Tumblr. Just to show just that, just to show that the journalists who picked the story up were all thundering idiots. Yeah. You know, to be funny though. Joystick and Kotaku and like the people you would expect didn't pick it up. CNET did. No, I, I, Kotaku did. Oh, well. Because rather than putting their foot in it, you know, like Kotaku always does. Okay, so then Kotaku did, but and so did CNET, which was weird. CNET, I don't know. Well, I'm stuck into I that. I think most of, most of like the technology blogs, I think, or at least some of them, I think, picked up with it without verifying the story first. Uh, some of the big ones did anyway. I don't think I they have. Remember, a gaming I can't remember if Ars Technica did. But so that's weird. Are you saying in this case that the gaming blogs knew better now, and that uh, it was the real yeah. tech sites? Hmm. Well, I think as the news in question was mostly hardware based. Yeah, I think it was mostly talking about it was it was allegedly talking about the hardware specifications for the new Xbox. It was probably of more interest to the technology blogs than. But- that makes me more happy about the state of gaming, quote unquote, journalism. Then, if we've started to learn to be skeptical of those things, hmm. I think a lot of these people have sources and they know what's up in some sense, and they're like, "That just doesn't sound like anything that's happening right now." That sounds like total crap. I'm gonna actually have to confirm this before I post it, or I'm sure they may get like this Xbox rumor twenty times in their inbox a yeah. week. So maybe that's what it is. All right. Uh, last question is, what's your comfort game or franchise? Something that might not be all new and shiny, but you keep coming back to over the years because, well, it's there for you when you need it. Final Fantasy XI. Okay. I think I've been looking for one for a long time. I don't have one. But I keep thinking I'll find one one day and I'll play it when I'm on the bus or I'm on an airplane or I'm waiting for the dentist. That's going to be great when I find that. I haven't found it. <laughs> well, over the, the past many years, it's been World of Warcraft for me. I keep coming back to that. Um, that's the practical one that I, you know, I, I also enjoy coming back to Final Fantasy Tactics and just playing that whenever. That's fun. Oh, so yeah, in, the, in a similar vein, what game do you think you've played the most? Played the most? Yeah, you've replayed start to finish the most times. Because that seems uh, like, in a way, that's a comfort game, right? If you've gone back so many times. 
I think the I think the most games I've actually got the most logged like play like full playthroughs I think is uh, Super Robot Wars J on the Game Boy Advance, which I've finished four maybe five times. Wow, and that's not a short game, is it? Uh, fifty-two stages. But to so be really you- honest, the new game plus kind of makes uh, makes subsequent playthroughs if you don't jack up the difficulty fairly easy. To the extent where it is quite possible to just face roll entire stages with about one or two units. Cool. Uh, you, Chris? I think Tales of Asperia, I was going to say Tales of Asperia is also getting close. I think I'm on my third ah. one that. Um, I don't tend to replay games that much. But isn't that like the core of a comfort game, right? Yeah. Well, I don't have one that I replay all the way through. When I go back and play like tactics, I'm just replaying like the first chapter. So oh, and you're going like yeah, I remember why I like this. Yeah. <laughs> or Final Fantasy VI, I'll play like through the the scenarios and the the, the first three big split off scenarios, and that's pretty much it. You know, um, I don't go back and play through a whole game again. Um, yeah, it's just not what I do. So games I've played the most are MMOs by far. Um, yeah, but honestly, it doesn't feel like. I guess it could be it's comfort in the other sense, but it just feels like an ongoing adventure rather than mm-hmm. something I want to revisit because I have such happy memories being there or something. Right. Anna, what's what's, uh, what's your um, comfort game or game you played the most? Or hmm. both? I'm almost tempted to say Clash of Heroes. Hmm. I mean, I played it on the DS and then I played it on the PS3. And then I played it on the PC, and I want to download it and play it on the iPad. Wow. So how many times do you think you've gone through that? Um, well, I beat the the DS game twice, and then I beat the PS3 game once, and then I beat the PC game once. You so don't get sick of the story? More times. No. Besides, I like the gameplay. It's what's important. Um, so yeah, maybe that one. Um, beyond that, uh, hmm. I mean, like, I, I would say, wow. I mean, it's just been part of my life for so long. How many years do you think you've been playing that game? I played the original Vanilla Beta. So, two, that was 2004? Almost a decade. Jeez. Yeah. I can't remember if it was 2004 or 2005. I think it was 2004. Did some part of you miss the fact that the old world is gone because no. of the cataclysm? No. No. I don't understand people who want to play on vanilla servers. I mean, the game has changed. and It's changed, honestly, for the better. Yeah, there's some stuff that I don't like and some stuff that I wouldn't have changed. But whatever. It's not my game. Is it just me or that new joke in Westfall about about uh, CSI Miami? I love the new Westfall. I love the new Westfall. I'm a huge (laughs) CSI Miami fan. I've seen almost all of them. Okay, okay, fair enough. But it just seems like when you do a meme joke, the lifespan on that is so short. At the same time, um, it's still – yeah, I mean there are people that aren't going to get the reference, but the jokes are still funny. You think he's being silly, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, yeah, okay, you might not get the reference, but you could understand who's being someone who is being completely overdramatic and terribly punny. You know, everybody can get behind that. Uh, For me, I would think the game 
I would have to say from Mission Three, but it but it's uh in a different sense because that game sort of like how The Witcher Two branches off in two completely different story paths is uh there's a early decision early on maybe about two hours in based on like a simple little choice do you go with this guy or do you stay behind the game branches off wildly differently and people who are your friends in one story are your enemies in another so I would I play that one through at least like maybe like I would have to say like maybe six times four times you know just one through one storyline the Emma storyline one the Elisa storyline that I maybe went back another time and did Elisa first and then Emma second so maybe I don't know maybe four six times but then I don't know if you count that as one whole playthrough doing both storylines because it's, it's pretty long either way mm-hmm so that's that's mine. Cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I would like the iPad. Which one? From Mission Three. From Mission. Yeah, yeah. Is it just me or is it man? I don't know how we thought PlayStation One graphics were ever pretty. I never thought PlayStation One graphics were pretty. I hated but for them a while, they were, we're saying on. like, "Wow, it's so no, realistic." I wasn't. I said, "This looks like crap. I hate 3D. I want games to be 2D." Because, you know, we went from pretty, like, decent-looking 2D sprites and model to just, like, these blocky, like, just crap textures. And I mean, like, it looks like any brown actually looks like crap smeared on the floor on the walls. It's so bad. Hmm. You know, you know, I can, like, at this point, I think I could live with, like, Xbox 360, PS3 levels of graphics for a long, long, long time. But PS1 graphics are hard to go back to. I I agree. I hate them. Really? Yeah. I think that um, someone was oh, I can't remember who it was that I was talking to this week that they were like, "Don't doesn't Final Fantasy IX look ugly compared to the stuff you you are playing today?" And I said, "No, because I played it on that size of screen originally, anyways." Oh, you're playing it on your Vita? I'm playing it on the go. Okay. Yeah, it's true. The smaller you make those pixels, the better they look. It's just it's just the textures are so smeared sometimes and it's so abstract in a way. Like if you look at Metal Gear, like there's not even really a face on those on those character models. It's just sort of like an outline you're supposed to assume it's a face. And then you could see like the little joints and like the elbows are like they come to like these thin little points and they move back and forth. Like, at least with PS2 stuff, you can start to see, you know, like, they're not the most detailed character models, but the the people in Persona are so expressive that, you know, I could see myself going back 20 years from now and like, that, that still looks okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> oh, PS1 graphics suck. I will stand by that. All right, so let's see. That's it for feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback on the show, oh. you can... E- oh, what? what? Uh, remember our question of the week last week? What was it? Favorite starships? Yeah, we got a couple responses in the uh, message board thread, but that's it. And well, I can still just go over the highlights really quickly. Okay, if I do could. it. Please do. Okay, so we got some ships like the Vandred ship from the anime Vandred. People seem to really like... Uh, Strawberry seems to really like that one. Uh, what else do we have in there? 
Oh, I think my favorite one in the, in the list is Kirby's Starship. So that's the real winner. Yeah, the the star that Kirby f- flies on. His starship. So I think I just wanted to bring it up for that point. Kirby's Starship. So how about them news stories? Uh, let's see. What do we got for news? No, first I need to tell people how to submit feedback. You distracted me. Oh. All right. If you'd like to send feedback for the show, it's podcast at rpgamer.com. Just email us your letter or an MP3 file, and we'll play your little attachment on the show. In addition, you can call us at 608-729-4098 and leave a voicemail, or you can leave a message right there in our message boards at board.rpgamer.com. Go to the latest updates section, and uh, there'll be a thread for the show right in there. Thank you for your feedback. It really helps make the show better. Also, leave us feedback on iTunes, but we'll get back, we'll get back to plugging that at the end uh, of the show. First, I have a question for this week. I have a question for them, though. Oh, okay. What is your comfort game, or what is the game you've played the most times, replayed the most times? Tell us how many times you played it and what the game is, and we'll discuss it on next week's show. Uh, did we discuss the spacecraft stuff from last week's show? Because we did ask for that for feedback. Barely. Uh, Kirby Starship. We just did? Starship oh, Titanic. Vandred. <laughs> is that what it's actually called, the Vandred? I don't know. I actually can't remember. I was trying to remember that myself because oh. I have I have seen the entirety of the series now fairly recently. Here it is. My favorite starship would have to be the Nirvana from the anime Vandred. Was it, it has a sleek design, gets an awesome character development-based power-up in the second stage, and its fuel source is censored. And then we have the Kirby Sentient. ship, and you have Douglas Adams' Starship Titanic. So is that a comedy book? I don't know anything about Starship Basically, Titanic. Basically, uh, Starship, Starship Titanic is, a, is um, a footnote reference in, I think it's the third Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. Uh, now, I can't remember what happened first, but there is a very obscure, which I happen to own, um, text-based... Um, or it, 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 it's like a text-based adventure game, but it's, it uses like... Um, it's not just text-based. There is, like, graphics involved. You just basically wander around the Starship Titanic to try and fix it after it crashes into your house. Um, And there are um, the uh, slightly deranged uh, robots that have been left to uh, help run the ship you can talk to using a kind of talk interface. it, It was quite interesting for when it came out kind of thing, which I think was sometime in, like, 1996. Uh... And they, uh, Terry Jones of Monty Python fame and a bunch of other stuff, uh, Brazil, if you've seen it, Time Bandits, uh, wrote a book either that the game was based off of or based on the game, which basically just retold the story of the Starship Titanic and how it undergoes uh, spontaneous massive existence failure at takeoff, crashes on planet Earth, and the, how it was meant to be scuppered for the insurance money. It's actually quite a good book. Is that where the Doctor Who episode comes from with the Space Titanic? It might have been based off it, but to yeah. be brutally honest, the, the concept of a of, of a, a, a ship that goes wrong called Titanic is, you know, pretty much based on history, let's be honest. If if you name your ship Titanic, you're you're asking for trouble. The only <laughs> I just remember there being I... like a similar subplot about insurance money or something. Yeah, the the, the, the the plot in the Doctor Who episode actually is fairly similar in that the ship is being scuppered for its insurance money. It's just it's it's played in um if you if you're not familiar with the backstory and there is a way to get the backstory in the text adventure, 
um, it can be a little unclear as to why p large parts of the ship are unfinished. But the backstory tells you that um, the design specifications for certain parts of the ship were sort of cut in half, then cut in half again, then cut in half again in order to save on costs. All right, last one, final, final ship would be from Seraphinkin. My vote for best starship would be the P Flonor. Wait, Flon Xor X from the Sky of Four. I don't understand what he's saying. He's just saying gibberish now. Oh, the uh, the the giant Flon Mecha thing from Disgaea. That sounds awesome. I can't remember. I want a Flon Mecha. Don't you I think please? My, I, I, you... I think my uh, I think my favorite non. Uh, I think my favorite non-Star Trek one, just to sort of shift away from that stuff, is actually the uh, the, the Nadesco and its variants from the Nadesco anime. That's a nice-looking ship. Mm. All right. <laughs> can we move on to news? Yes, yes, you can move on to news now. All right, time to announce The Witcher 3. Witcher 3 wow, is Wow, you're announcing The Witcher 3? I'm announcing The Witcher 3. It has been revealed by CD Projekt. I'm announcing it. It's the third game in the series. It's the final chapter of The Witcher Saga. And um, he... So this is def it is definitely going to be the last one. That's what they say. And you can tell no, they're serious because no, no, they, he grew they a beard. They backtracked really quickly. Oh, did they? Well, yes, we didn't it is not the last one. It's the, they said there was a follow-up to that. And like, what we meant to say was that's the last one in this trilogy. We still we may come back and visit the Witcher sometime in the future, but it's the last part of this trilogy and this part of Geralt's story. Well, obviously I didn't think it'd be the last Witcher game ever, but yeah, that's what they said though early on. And they said like, Whoa, we, we didn't mean to say that exactly. Okay. All right. So it's a huge open world, third times larger than the previous game with no loading screens and no chapters to break up the story. Uh, you'll be able to move across the country on horseback, on ships, and uh, it'll be on all high-end platforms in 2014. So I guess that means it'll be PC and, and the next generation of consoles. And there's a teaser video you can go find on our site. And the question is, is The Witcher 3 coming out before or after Cyberpunk? Before. God damn it. Yeah, Cyberpunk, don't expect it until at least 2015. Yeah, it's just... Ugh. Um, some other details. I mean, did you see all the things that they're adding? To what? The well, there's three? a better no. video. Like, if you go to if you go to Game Informer, if you get the Game Informer magazine, they have, they have a big like 16 page spread or whatever on all details of Witcher on their website. They have interviews with the CD Projekt team, talking about you know their goals for the game, the fan feedback they've been listening to, all of that stuff. Um, there's lots of crazy new additions. Like new crafting mechanics, better combat, better targeting systems, a better tutorial to get you acclimated to the game when you first start off. Um, there's going to be constant. There's going to be you know lots of stories, side quests, like some political stuff, some lots of personal stories to Geralt. Uh, you know, monster hunting is going to be a big focus of the game. Where you, the more you find out about a monster before you go out and hunt it. The more the more ways you get to attack it. So, say you're given a job to kill these monsters that are terrorizing this village. If you do your research, go read a book about it. Listen to like local townsfolk about what you can do. You'll get like extra options, like maybe impaling it through the heart to get an instant kill, or finding its weak point behind its back, making your job easier. And that's going to be your main source of money. Uh, you know, like you said, horseback's important. They're not sure if they can do horse combat at this point, but it's in, they're exploring it. Anything else that's big? Uh, oh, the biggest new feature: Geralt has a beard. 
I said that already. Oh. That's how you know it's the last one in the trilogy, because he grew a beard. Now he's serious. Serious. Oh, and you that's can... How, that's, how you know, that's how you know something is now serious. Is, yeah. uh, one of the characters has grown a beard. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it's a... Uh, it's what happened in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. He knew shit was serious because uh, Riker suddenly grew a beard. You know how you know it's even more serious? When he did shaves off said beard. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's the super serious point, but it's necessarily predicated by the fact that you grow the beard. So that's how you tell. They're going to get super serious oh. here soon because he's going to shave that off because he won't have time for a beard anymore. So um, it's exciting. <laughs> Geralt's amnesia is cured. You find out everything. Oh, really? Nice. So it's it's done. They're they're really serious about wrapping this thing up. Lady could go read all the Witcher novels. At least all the ones that are out here. Uh, only two. It would be uh, what's it called? Still only two. Wow. The, the dwarf one. What's it called? Dwarf arrow or like elven arrow? Jeez, it's on my wish list. Someone's gonna yell at me for not knowing the names of these books. Oh, the last wish and. Ah, it's gone. Anyway, anyone excited about Witcher 3? I haven't played one or two yet, so... Oh, but uh, they're saying this is a good place to jump in. There's a, <laughs> of course have it a, is. I know they always say, say that. that. <laughs> I think maybe this is more true than before, because at this point, you know, since Geralt's going to get all his memory back, you're going to discover that with him at the same time. Yeah. I'll be so honest with like, you, oh, I already a- own a copy of 1 and 2, and I wouldn't mind playing through them, so... I'll yeah, why not? Uh, I think I'm going to start playing through two. I think that's my next game. After I finish up this last bit of DLC, I'm starting The Witcher 2. Uh, if you're looking for something to play, there is a sale on PSN titles on the uh, on the PSN store. So if you want to play a bunch of old Final Fantasy games on your PSP, Vita, or PS3, you can go do that now for like half off. Final Fantasy 1, 2, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, the PlayStation 1 versions. Also, the PSP games, the following PSP games, which should play on your Vita as well. Dissidia, Dissidia Duodecim. Um, which, they by don't the way, play on Vita. They don't play on Vita? Oh, the Dissidias no. don't? No, I don't think any of these play on Vita. Yeah, Tactics plays on Vita. I have it on Vita. Okay, that might be the only one. Cause, Final Fantasy IV, the um, complete collection. And, there was a uh, bunch of noise Duodecim, on Twitter. Prologus. About the fact that they have this huge sale on all these PSP games and none of them run on Vita. I know that's... I have... Duo Deshum does, says Big Bucks. Okay. So, That's and, good. And, and quite frankly, um, don't buy the first Dissidia. Only buy Duo Deshum because it has the first Dissidia in it. I don't understand why both are still on the store, to be quite honest. So, yeah. Because anyway. they have an opportunity to make more money by selling you both to yeah. people who don't know it. Hmm. What, you so want to be blunt about that? That's cheaper why, right? or something? Um, no, they're both like the same price. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So there you go. Buy some Final Fantasy games. What else we got? Uh, oh, Class of Heroes 2. This is an interesting story. Uh, you know that whole thing where they try to do a Kickstarter and have a physical version of Class of Heroes 2 and a collector's edition? And the community said, no, we don't want Frick, that. No, we don't want that. Um, they're trying to do it anyway. So we need this Kickstarter in order to do this, and apparently, no, they don't need a Kickstarter after all. So how they're going to do like do it now is this is so weird. Is they are can, taking a poll. 
No. If they get 1,500 people or 2,500 people to say yes, they will print physical copies, plain physical copies. Uh, instead of selling it $25, they will sell it $35, and you will get both a physical and digital copy. Mm-hmm. Now, this plan has two flaws. One, they're not making anybody put any money down. Yep. Voting yes isn't the same as voting with your money. Yep. Two, they kind of make them... Not fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, I said twenty five hundred. I corrected myself. Okay. Do they not realize that people will say anything in a poll that they won't actually do in real life? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Now I'm slightly interested in Class of Heroes too, but um, I don't need a physical copy of it. Oh, and here's a, a weird one. If if uh, you supported the Kickstarter that didn't happen, uh, they'll look up your name and you'll get a special label on your UMD. That says that you are a Kickstarter supporter in some way, or just by being... Wait, on the UMD? Yeah, on on your physical copy. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, if you want to do that, go to gaijinworks.com, G-A-I-J-A-I, works.com, and you can sign up right there on the front page. If you're interested in this, I mean, no, I have no problem with people get, you know, sign up and doing a physical edition this way. I just think it's funny that, like, no, we really do want to do this. Let's try it again. But uh, obviously, this won't be as deluxe as the special digital uh, special deluxe edition they want to do with the Kickstarter. So it would just be physical. Um, that reminds me really quickly. Have you played yeah. any uh, of your new Nino Kuni after all that drama? No. Okay. I would have mentioned it. Um, yeah, I got too many other games going on right now. Um, uh, Anna, what was the second flaw? You, had, you said there were two flaws with this, but you only mentioned one. She disappeared. Oh, okay. That must have been the second flaw, that she disappeared. Oops, sorry. I thought I was muted, so I hit my mute button. Um, it just, I don't know. <laughs> this just feels, I know it's not the super crazy fancy special edition, but I don't know. Doesn't this feel like a little disingenuous that, you know, oh, we we can't do this without a Kickstarter. We can't do this without a Kickstarter. Oh, we're doing it anyways. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't know. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> and I mean, you know, Mac made a really good point on Twitter that, um, you know, that was for a super, super special, awesome, crazy edition. But I mean, it's it's sort of like weren't people buying into the Kickstarter because it was Vic Ireland and they love his super special, awesome collector's editions? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm really concerned that um, they say they need to sell um 10,000 copies to prove that there's a market for this and if they're expecting a quarter of those to be physical sales i think they're going to be um disappointed okay i know people are looking at this as like a huge bastion of hope for all these niche psp games that we totally want to come here and i think people don't understand that the developers in japan aren't interested in bringing them here that's the thing that's holding them up not the fact that there's no North American developer or publisher who wants them. Rant done. Carry on. Rant done. Okay. If you were part of the Neverwinter open beta, like you went to one of those events and got a key, uh, in theory you should be able to play like this weekend, though I did and I can't play yet. So uh, I guess the news is just that the Neverwinter beta is coming soon. And uh, it starts this weekend for some people, and we'll keep going, I think, on the weekends for the next few weekends. So um, 
you can check that out at playneverwinter.com and, and see if you're in yet and keep an eye on your email. Anyone uh, looking forward to the Neverwinter thing? MMO thing, five player thing, whatever it is, thing. No. No. Okay. At this point, if I was going to try a new MMO, I think it'd be Elder Scrolls. Okay. Well then, let's see. I oh, I did. Re- it's weird. Redemption date June thirteenth, twenty twelve. Key key redeemed. E three show in twenty twelve. So I do. I did do the key. Server access to be determined. So apparently being in the beta from E3 does not mean I get to play this weekend. So uh, maybe, maybe the next beta weekend, I'm sorry, I should be more clear. The next beta weekend is actually not till March. So check to see if you're in this one. And if you're not, um, sorry, wait a month. Ah, <laughs> uh, never winter. Let's see. Oh, if you are playing the Etrian Odyssey 4 thing, we have a gift up. I mentioned this earlier. Go see it on our site. Look for the story about Etrian Odyssey 4 demo, and inside there is the QR code that gets you your nice little gift. Um, go check out the latest currents. Trent is doing those now, and they're cool. They're cool. So go check our currents. What else we got going on? Uh, Gung Ho told us the European release date for Ragnarok Odyssey. So this is uh, this is already out in the U.S. Right. This is like the Monster Hunter-ish type game on the on the Vita. It'll be uh, out on twenty in the February twentieth in Europe for twenty nine ninety nine euros. So there you go. So they <laughs> there's also a demo out right now. So big announcement. You don't even know you're getting the game. Now you're getting it in two weeks and there's a demo. Surprise! You gonna play Ragnarok Odyssey, John? John, did you disappear? John, calling all He's John. He's dead. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Oh, you know, uh, the, you know the big, huge games, folks, that we're working on. Uh, uh yes, yes, I, I got this one if you want. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, right after the collapse of big, huge games. Uh, there was a lot of big outreach from developers, you know, and very like big, like uh, let me see, I think Vigil, Epic, Ubisoft, like a lot of people were throwing out offers. You know, we we have spots open on our team if you want to co- relocate. We're more than willing to help out these devs after the whole collapse of Big Huge Games, which remember was the whole was the Rhode Island thing. They got the loan, they couldn't pay it back. Anyway, so one of these studios was from Epic called uh, Big Huge... Wait, wait. Impossible Studios, right? Impossible Games. Impossible Games. And they had, like, the Impossible Bear as their logo, which was, like, a bear with a unicorn horn and wings. Nice. So, uh, Epic picked up uh, maybe, like, like what, like, 12 guys? A handful of people. But these people were the heads of the combat of uh, <sighs> Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning. This was, like, the combat leads and maybe the an- lead animator. So, you know, some talented people. And they hired this, and they hired them. They formed a new studio around them, and they this studio was going to lead development on Infinity Blade Dungeons, which is strange because it already shifted. You know, it was supposed to come out not long after the iPhone five announcement because it was actually there. No, wait, the iPad three announcement. iPad three, yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
So it was it was supposed to come out shortly after the iPad 3 announcement because it was on stage during the Apple demo. So it was like, you know, one of the big games they were showing off and everyone was ooing and eyeing. So that went from internal Epic to this new studio, Impossible Studios. And now we just found out that that studio was closed. Or they, basically everyone there was fired. On the, I think the way they phrased it was... It's just not working out between us right now. <laughs> yeah, it, but, they the 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 letter said it just wasn't working out for Epic. Yeah, basically. Yeah, no, no, it's not. I it's mean, not their fault. They're nice guys. It's just not working out for us. Yeah, it's not me. It's you. No, I mean the one thing that they did stress is they've given these guys like a three month severance package, so they're not kicking them out the door, and you know onto the street or anything like that. They tried to make it work. It didn't life goes on i mean this happens all the time it's just this one happens to be particularly public because of all the stuff going around going it's just on around like it. these guys can't catch a break as a house yeah is. i mean at the same time though um manny you know i know some people that are developers that just they've they've gone through like six or seven jobs in the last 10 or 15 years because that's the way the industry rolls it shouldn't but yeah, sure. and as a part of this, one of the most anticipated iOS games and iOS RPGs has been put on indefinite hold. At this point, it's probably just dead. Uh, yeah, Infinity Blade Dungeons because they put it on hold. I mean, who knows what they're going to do with it? Because apparently, it wasn't it wasn't ready for prime time at Epic itself. It wasn't good. What they were doing with uh, Impossible Studios wasn't good enough for the game, and now it's just vaporware. I guess at this point. Um. Oh, but Epic was nice. The, the the team gets to keep the name Impossible Studios and the logo. <laughs> so when they so if they want to form nice another studio, you can use can. the logo. No more money, but you can. They are getting three months of severance pay, so that's yeah, good. yeah. That's I said nice. That. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It could be worse. You know, they could be like, "Here's two weeks. See you later." Yep. It's just funny though, because like, really, this was. I think this is as high profile game can get for iOS on stage at the Apple keynote with, you know, with like, you know, the successor to Steve Jobs saying, we're really excited. This is coming to our platform. We really like these Epic guys. You know, everyone's clapping and applauding. It's coming out later this year. Look for it. It's not coming out later this year. We moved it over. We delayed it. Okay. It's not coming out, period. It's done. So, you know, then again, I can say, Maybe it's a little bit admirable, but they're not willing to release a crappy game because that's not usually the case on iOS and Android stores. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking, I was, I was, you know, talking with this on Mac about talking with Mac on Twitter about this, and he was like, "Well, I said, I'm starting to think there's a real reason why all those big names have been leaving Epic." Oh, that something weird's going on internally. Yeah. Well, just think about how all the huge names that have left Epic over the last year in 2012. You had Rod Ferguson, the head of Gears of War. He went off to uh, Irrational. Cliffy B is gone. Mark Rain. Mark Rain is. Oh no, Mike Caps is gone. Or Mark Rain. Um, I don't know. Mike. Well, the guy. Well, the head of the studio who's making uh, Gears of War Judgment. He left, and the the president left to be a dad. I'm just thinking like a lot of big name talent is sort of just jumping ship for some reason. They're like, I have enough money. I don't need to deal with this. I'm going to retire. <laughs> so 
it makes me wonder what's going on over there. Mm. Okay. All right, so we also have a game a story about Monster Hunter Ultimate. So this is a game a lot of uh, people are looking forward to, an upgraded version of Monster Hunter 3. It's going to be run on the Wii U. Unfortunately, if you were looking forward to playing with those awesome Japanese players, not so much. It's going to have region-locked multiplayer servers. And Capcom forums exploded when they announced that. It's kind of surprising, isn't it? That people got upset. Well, no, that uh, that they're that they're splitting servers like that when Nintendo's hosting the servers instead of Capcom, because that's that's what's different about this one. Nintendo's doing the hosting. Is it like is it an actual like technical reason that maybe the latency is too long? They, you know, like with Capcom, they never say, and they haven't said. Okay. At least as as you the know, last stories I've seen. You're right, though. I mean, if 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 they if they just would maybe just say just be a little bit upfront, like the reason why we can't is because blah blah blah. Maybe people would be more understanding. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? All right. Bioware says they're not going to call the next Mass Effect game Mass Effect Four because uh, Shepard's story is over. So they'll have some weird name. Apparently, what do you want to yeah, call it? Mass the Effect. Story. This one doesn't suck. <laughs> I think the basic thing they're saying is that this can take. People assume like a four has to take has to either be a prequel or take place after the events. They're basically saying that this can take place anywhere within the Mass Effect universe or basic fiction or even create a new fiction if they want to. But it's just like with Mass Effect troping like trappings, basically. Okay. So who honestly the way they're talking, it could easily just be like a Mass Effect multiplayer game. Just just think of the multiplayer expanded out. It could be anything, squad based game. Who knows, Manny. I've got a story yeah. for you here. Okay. My favorite World of Warcraft author is releasing uh. the first of a five-part series on Amazon. They're doing the little uh, serialized books that Amazon's doing now. For one ninety-nine on February 19th, you can download World of Warcraft, Dawn of the Aspects, written let guess, by... Michael. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Okay. With that tone of voice, you don't sound excited. So Richard A. Knack. That's absolutely knack. right. <laughs> it's a knack like if attack. Said, if it it's a Christy knack Golden, attack. Knack attack. So if you if it was Christy Golden, you guys would be tepid. You're like, yeah, it's okay. It'd be oh fine. no, yeah. if it was Christy Golden, we'd be all over it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she's not the yeah. best writer, but she's okay. I mean, and, and if it was Nate I mean, Canyon, Chris would I be mean, disdainful. Here, here's the thing, Manny. Um, I don't have a strong draw to Christy Golden. But when I think of Christy Golden's writing in comparison to Knack's writing, oh, she is like, you know, so much better that I would read anything by her. I get excited I think- when she writes a book because it means Knack didn't. <laughs> so, Chris, I have to ask you, yep. who's better, Knack or Kenyon? Um, which one was Kenyon? Was that the Diablo 3 one? He did Diablo and the StarCraft 2 book, uh, Spectres. I didn't read Spectres. I read the Call of the Order or whatever the hell that Diablo 3 book was that was dog poop. Um, so I would go with Knack. Not, not even Knack close. Over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Diablo 3. I mean, dude, they pull out a, a Haradric cube out of a bag just just because... Because, yeah, what look, you, it's a Haradric cube. Are you joking? Oh. Come on, man. If you, like, if you read a StarCraft novel and su- and someone doesn't say 5x5, five five, or, or you're reading the Halo novel and someone and someone doesn't, you know, oh, is that the new gun? 
Hell yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> the guy who wrote the good Mass Effect novels didn't go to that level of stupidness. Like, everything was, like, better in the novel than it was in the games. It's like... Uh, it's, to be fair, though, that's because the guy who made the game wrote the novel. I mean, who wrote the yeah. game wrote the novel. So? So he, he could... Because he actually had a clear picture of what was well, going on. maybe these people shouldn't be making these novels. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird, though. Like, I, I, I think Blizzard has such a high level of standards when it comes to their own games and the things they... Even their website, like, how high quality their website is. But when it comes to these novels and the comic books, they really just crap them out, don't well, they? Well, we can't say that Bioware is doing it much better because they had that, no. most, that most recent book where they, like, totally got things wrong. They had the patch book. They had can you patch believe that? A book. <laughs> can you believe that? I love the fact that we live in an age where you can patch a book. It was... That book was so bad and full of so many errors and so many continuity problems that they actually said, oh, uh... By version two of the book, we'll fix all of that. I promise. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know who wrote that book? Was uh, Dietz who wrote uh, the first Star Trek? Not who Starcraft. wrote the first oh, Heaven's Devils. Yeah, yeah, the Starcraft book. Oh, and he wrote the bad Halo novel, uh. which was the the novelization of the first game. So how much is this again? Did you say two hundred dollars for this? For what? This this knack book of World of Warcraft. Oh, two dollars. Oh, two dollars. Of course, <laughs> I, it's not two hundred dollars. No, it's two dollars per installment. And there's five installments, so it'll be ten. Bucks okay, total. I thought you said for a second guys, when you said one ninety nine. I'm like, wow, this yeah, better be a dollar ninety nine. It's a book, dude. <laughs> it's I thought it was like a hardcover book series. All right. Yeah. So, Anna, are you gonna read it? I gotta know. Probably. Okay. So J.J. Abrams is making movies about Portal and Half-Life? Uh, I think people Wait, are reading too much into that. I think it's no basically... And, and both a Portal and Half-Life movie are things I want to see, Abrams said. We're also aware of the cautionary tales of movies that became games and vice versa. Our goal here is to treat the world Valve has created in both these properties... Does he not know they're the same world? Like anyone would a book or some great story that comes from a pitch or original script. Just treat it with the respect they treat their games and their players with. So J.J. Abrams is involved now in some sort of new game from Vels, potentially movies on Half-Life and or Portal and or something else, and Star Wars and Star Trek? This guy yeah, is like The dude has taken dude. over sci-fi. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he does seem to be everywhere. Sci-fi is going to sparkle like a Twilight oh. vampire from now on. <laughs> Also, it has been announced that he's going to be filming a reboot of a film for Battlestar Galactica. Has it? Uh, he's going to be he's going to be making of uh, Battlestar oh, Yamato. He's making up stuff. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, Space Battleship Yamato already has a live action remake. Oh no, he's, he's doing it again. Doing Basically, if your movie has oh, a star, it's quite good. He's he's also working on Dragon Ball colon. It's over nine thousand. The movie. Um, There's no star in that. He would never make that. <laughs> If it, it was called to, Dragon Star, have... he would make. So he's making a new Outlaw Star movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, he doesn't work with anime though. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Electronic Arts is Metacritic's highest ranked publisher of 2012. Uh, was that what on strength of the FIFA titles or something? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Some really good soccer games. Yeah. Uh, Either, so... Well, yeah. EA is a fairly prolific publisher, so... Here's one that I like. Um, in Japan, you know, Dragon Quest VII is out there. Uh, the, the remake that's out on uh, 3DS. 
or is it just regular DS? I can't remember. I think it's 3DS. Yeah. And it's out now. Um, and if you want to get a legendary weapon for it, you have to go to McDonald's. Hey, so you- McDonald's in Japan is awesome. <laughs> I've been to McDonald's in Japan. You know what it is? It's very like McDonald's in the U.S. So if you're missing yeah, except- U.S. food, you go there. <laughs> except the portions are a lot smaller. Mm. Yeah, and they, I had like asked for the largest half the size. I asked for the largest drink they had, and it was the same as the smallest drink in the U.S. McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, because I, I, when I was uh, living out there back in two thousand and five, I, uh, um, I, I went to the McDonald's in the center of um, Sendai in order to get my uh, Western food fix when I got tired of having rice with every meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was it was nice. I mean, because what I'd do is I'd take, uh, I would take like, um, I think it was, oh God, how much yen was it? It was like 2,000 yen, which is, at the time, I think it was about 10 pound British money. And I'd, I'd go into town and I'd buy, a, I think it was like a drink and a Big Mac, which cost me 500 yen. And then the remaining 1,500 yen would get me uh, like five to five to six hours on one of the local net cafes gaming PCs Ooh. with free drinks. Actually, no, was, I think I got like the Big Mac and fries, and then I went to the the net cafe for six hours because they did free drink refills, so I could just get all the cola I wanted there. So you could eat at the cafe. Uh, well, the cafe did the internet cafe did have meals as well, but those are ones you had to pay for. Okay. The, the McDonald's was just like nearby. It was like downstairs in the same shopping center or something. That's nice. So. You know, it's funny, Quinn, that you say, oh, uh, I needed uh, my Western fix, so I had to, you know, I wanted to eat something without rice. I don't think, like, man, my whole life I had pretty much every meal with rice in it. <laughs> that's, and for me, that's as Western a meal as it gets. Yeah, I, I, funnily enough, I, I didn't eat a lot of rice before I went to Japan. Then I started eating a lot of rice, and... um when I came back from Japan, I kind of went completely off rice because I'd eaten it so much. Well, think I, of Southern I, California. Rice is everywhere. I, I prefer, I, I, as far as like kind of like uh, sort of rice or that sort of um, type of food, I, I much prefer noodles. Mm. <laughs> Just even even simple like sort of very simple type noodles, I much prefer those. Cool. Did I take you to the ramen place here? Yeah. Eh? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you remember, the I one you didn't there. know existed till I was there. She lives down the street from like 18 ramen restaurants and didn't even know it. Well, thanks, Chris, because it was a nice restaurant. I know it is, isn't it? Like, oh. It's okay, I didn't yeah, know we I had we didn't go to We didn't go to the sushi place, I know that, but we went to a local ramen place. So. Because I'm planning on having a, uh, we have a local, um, like, Japanese restaurant here in Portsmouth. But I'm planning on going there on the 1st of May because that's my 10-year anniversary for not dying of cancer. That's a pretty good anniversary to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's it exactly 10 years, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to celebrate in style. Happy anniversary! Well, leave it for the 1st of May. <laughs> um, oh, you guys remember when uh, the Minecraft guy was looking to fund the Psychonauts 2 sequel? Not? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It turns out two million dollars was actually eighteen million dollars. No, no, no. I think the quote was like Tim Schafer was like, "Yeah, we want to make it, but you know, it's going to take a couple million dollars." And he just being casual about it. Yeah, couple million equals like Notch was naive and thought like a couple, couple million, million was two, but I it was actually that. eighteen million. <laughs> Notch Notch does a surprising amount of donations to like Kickstarters and indie stuff. Like, um, sorry, David. Um, if you look at the um, yeah, I know you know. I mentioned um, Path of Exile a couple of weeks ago. The Diablo two, the free to play Diablo two clone. Um, they have something in their little uh, microtransaction stuff where you can pay like a thousand dollars to have like a legendary item. You basically you you come up with a legendary item, what it does, its artwork, you know that sort of stuff. Uh, and if you look on the the list of legendary items, there is a uh, a one created by uh, a one X notch. He's pretty mm. prolific with the humble bundles too, and he yeah. sets all of since he already owns mostly games. He sets his donation levels just for the charities, and he ends up giving like a thousand dollars or more. Mm. Cool. He apparently also um, supports a bunch of indie developers. Like he goes to the Muteki party every year at GDC. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm actually kind of kicking myself. And when I went to GDC back in 2011, that I didn't try and find which party he was at so I could go to it. Turn in next week for more Tales of the Notch. So here's a weird one. You know how Disney, the studio that made Epic Mickey, closed, right? Yeah, Spectre Warren Studio. Warren Spectre Studio. Yet at the same time, Disney Interactive posted a $9 million oh, hang profit. On, that's my phone. How does that happen? Cars. Cars? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a Cars game out. All right, whatever. That's not an RPG thing. Here's a sad one. Uh, you know the voice, you know Zaid in the Mass Effect series? Oh, yeah, yeah. His voice. He's ha- not. Well, more than that. Um, his, uh, what's his name? His full name? What? Zaid? No, the, 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 the actual actor who died. Robin Sachs. Robin Sachs. He was actually in quite a bit of science fiction. With show- I mean, he was a. Well, he I, had I, quite haven't, a- I haven't said what happened. He passed away at. The- <laughs> Yes, I said he died. <laughs> yeah, you barely mentioned it really quickly. I just want to make it clear for people. He passed away. He also played Lord Harrowmount in the Dragon Age, and uh, was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Babylon 5 and Torchwood. Wait, what did he play and in he, Babylon 5? He played a bunch of, uh, he played some Great Council Mabaris. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was, a, he was a pretty good, decent, he was a pretty good actor on Babylon 5. He was a pretty good actor in Zaid. He died at the age of 61. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it natural causes or uh, cancer? It doesn't say. Hmm. Well, still, he's he's still young. He still has a few good years left in him. For you know, I I love actors like that. These kind of uh, character actors when they get older, because then they can really ham it up when they get these roles. Yeah. So sad we won't get to see him do any of those. It is sad. Ah, all right. Um, Oh, EverQuest Two got an update. They're adding new inventory functions and daily objectives. So if you're still did you say EverQuest EverQuest Two? I said EverQuest Two. So if you're still playing it, there you go. Um. Speaking of MMOs, Wildstar is going to try and launch in 2013, and they had a big discussion on Polygon about what sets it apart from other MMOs, um, talking about combat's going to be skill-based, and uh, whatever. <laughs> They're trying to change Don't the way the grind works. Yeah, I know, right? But anyway, So Wildstar is still coming. Uh, oh, uh, th- we didn't mention that, that weapon that you get at McDonald's in Japan for Dragon Quest Seven. It's a frying pan. That's why I like it so much. It's a legendary frying pan. That's not true to McDonald's. It should be a microwave and a freezer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or All a right. deep frying basket. 
Good Old Games is having a Square Enix promo this weekend. Um, so right now, for $3 to $5, 20 different Square Enix games, including Deus Ex Game of the Year Edition and stuff, are on, on a big old sale at Get Good Old Games. So go head on over to GOG and check that out. A video of the Wasteland 2 gameplay came out this week. Did you this check week, this out? This week, this morning. This morning. Oh, okay. Did you check that out yet, Manny? Yeah, I just was watching right before the podcast started. What are we and doing? it looks great. It looks like they're really on track to make the game that people actually wanted. Um, it was a small little gameplay demo of them going to this facility with these sort of what they were calling mutant plants. You saw you know, brief combat, finding some bugs, moving between four different characters. They got a sniper, one with a machine gun, like one with like a shotgun, and, one, and a melee unit. And you show they were showing how uh, lock picking works, a little bit of the keyword, a uh, little bit of the keyword system when talking to people, a cover and some flanking stuff, fog of war. You know, just it's a good fifteen minutes. It's this video is available to everyone. You don't have to be a Kickstarter backer to watch it. If you uh, want to find it, just go either to their Facebook page, the Wasteland Two Facebook page, or go just type in Kickstarter Wasteland Two, and it should be right at the top. It's worth it's fifty minutes, and it's worth watching. First gameplay vid. Looks great. I uh, like it. Borderlands 2 is getting a physical release of its first two DLC packs on February 26th for 30 bucks. Yeah, it also includes a Necromancer DLC if you haven't picked it up yet. Ah. And some extra skins and guns. Nice. Of course, if you if you want if you can if you can wait a bit, I bet you anything there's gonna be a second pack or a game of the year edition with all of that just bundle it into one big thing. Oh, speaking of Borderlands. Yeah. I know it's not quite an RPG, but Borderlands Legends. Remember that iOS game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a big update because people were complaining that it wasn't a very good game. It had bad controls. So there is were it no good lo- now? <laughs> there were no, they basically said, like, there's a trailer. We heard you. We added loot drops. We added weapon drops. We improved the controls. We added more options. We had better tr- pathing, better blah, blah, blah. So they fixed a whole bunch of stuff. And if you don't believe them, well... Well, the barrier of entry is much lower. So for like the next week or so, it's 99 cents if you want to try it out so you can see for yourself. So it was $5 before. Now it's a dollar and it's a separate iPad, iPhone purchase. Oh, and they added Game Center support and achievements. So if you want to try Borderlands on the go, $1. Uh-oh, Anna. She died. Oh, she died? What? They announced a new Skylanders game. Yep, this week actually. So um, I can't remember the name. Swap Force. Yeah. So basically, the idea is is there's a bunch of Skylanders that got knocked into two pieces when they fell down to the earth. Yeah. So um, there's going to be 48 figurines in the new set, which is 16 Swap Forces, 16 new Skylanders, and 16 Series Three reprints. Ah. Uh. So the cool thing about the Swap Force figurines is that they actually do come in two pieces. And so you can actually swap back and forth the tops and the bottoms. So basically you can have like a chop chop that instead of having a sword and a shield has two claw weapons. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Or -hmm. or think of like one of them will have like a fire base and you can take it off. Like you can take off. uh, There's a new one. What's he called? He's like a... Like the squid fight, the squid pirate or something. You can right. take him off his water base and put him onto the fire base. Yep. So he'll still have all of his tentacle and water attacks, but he will count as a fire Skylander. 
Oh, and it's like two RFID chips, one in the top half, one in the bottom half. And yep. so that's how you know what – oh, and you need a new portal to play it though. Yeah, that's the only downside is it's a brand new portal. But they Which won't be selling the game without the portal though at Which, this point. Well, just it sucks for us because at this point we literally have four portals. <laughs> yep. We do. Do I'm you guys have at the them. iOS portal? Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> Cool. There's only so, one way to get that, and it was really expensive, and I really hated spending money on it. But at the same time, um, when you bought the iOS one, it gave you this item that anytime you have it on the portal, you get like infinite items and a massive buff to your Skylander experience and gold. So the so, Jeff Gertzman, who's also really into it, he was saying that the game, he went to go see it, and the actual yeah. game looks much better. What, really? Swap Force? Yeah, the actual Swap Force Skylanders game seems oh, like good. a much better built game. That's cool because, yeah, that seemed to be people's biggest you know, bitch at this point is that the graphics were so-so in – The gameplay was so-so, right? The first one. Well, I mean even the graphics were so-so in the first one and they just – they made no improvements between that one and Giants. Um, also, they announced jumping. Ooh. So all of your old Skylanders on the new portal will be able to jump. So that's cool. And that's all we know so far. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Square Enix posts a big loss due to increasingly difficult condition of the console market. Translation, no one bought our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what was, yeah, Hitman, what else did they put out? Hitman did all right. I mean, okay. it didn't, like, blow up the charts, but it mm-hmm. did all right. Uh, Sleeping Dogs did pretty well for them. And I think after that, they were counting on a bunch of iOS stuff and DS ports Hmm. to really carry the rest of the the way, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, and that Fluffy, remember the Portal game? Yeah, uh, Quantum Conundrum. That seems like a total failure, right? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Have I? Yeah. See, there you go. That's That's my point exactly. That's the one that John Delancey does the narration in, Anna. Ooh, why don't I own this? I have it on PS3. Well, it's okay. No one owns it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it free or something. Yeah, yeah, because it was on a PlayStation Plus game like the next week after it yeah. came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's something on PlayStation Plus that I want you to get right now, and I don't remember what it is, so I'll tell you about it after the show. On PlayStation Plus, the uh, yeah. one that just hit for free was... Um, uh, da, 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 I just saw this. Um, uh, the Lord of the Rings one. Yeah, Guardians of Middle-Earth yeah, has a new character, it. and it's free. Okay. That's what I wanted to bring up, because that's an RPG, right? Yes. No? Yes? No, okay. it's a MOBA. Okay, well, it's <gasps> free enough. right now if you're a PlayStation Plus member, and it's got a couple new playable characters. It's some guy from The Hobbit. Yes, it's some guy from The Hobbit. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, fish shootings. Oh, that's a cool story. All right. Pokemon. You guys want more Pokemon? You want exclusive downloadable Pokemons? Well, if you've got Black and White or Black and White 2, you, from March, what is it, March 4th to March 24th, you can download a Pokemon called Meloetta, which is supposed to be like Melody. It's music. It looks like its hands are musical notes and stuff So it's like, like that. a music note in a palm middle tree? Yeah, actually. Well, I think mostly music note. But you'll be okay. able to download it at GameStops. So there you go. And I would like to point out that our events are nowhere near as cool as the Jap- Japan events because right now they're celebrating one of the Pokemon centers moving into a new building and they're giving away level 99 shiny Magikarps. 
Hmm. Holding okay, a rare that candy. Is, that that is, that is kind of that is kind of amazing. Wait, holding Isn't a rare awesome? candy. Holding a rare candy. So that you use the rare candy and then turn it into a Gyarados or something, or level what? Level one hundred Gyarados. That's shiny. Uh, but I would prefer a level one hundred Magikarp. Yeah, me too. You can find. I was just reading about that today, Anna. You sent me that thing. There's apparently level 100 Magikarps available in the wild in one of the Pokemon games. It is the only Pokemon that you can find in the wild that is level 100. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, oh. I loved that that image. I had to send it to you last night. I'll send it to one. you guys, but it's great. It's It's got a bunch of foul language, so I can't put it on the forums, but it tells you why Magikarp is the best Pokemon. Oh, right, that. Yeah, I've seen that image. Because I've seen a similar one for Reseteer. It's, uh, there's a whole page of them somewhere. Extreme advertising. Extreme. Alright. Uh, next, Magicka has got a new uh, iOS game coming. Wizards yeah. of the Square Tablet. So, it's coming to, quote-unquote, largely rectangular tab- tablets this year. And um, do we know anything about it other than it is a cutesy, cartoony take on Magicka's relatively realistic art style, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And robes of every imaginable hue, they mention, and there will be co-op and, excuse me, did I say co-op? I didn't mean to say co-op. Uh, players on iOS and Android will be able to play with each other, and I guess it would be co-op because that's what Magicka is. And both versions offer their own u- unique powers if they're on iOS versus Android. Th- that's Interesting. It's cross-platform play. How can they do that? I didn't know they could do that. Figured Apple would reject that. No, no, no. I mean, lots of people would do that. Uh, Even, what's it called? The Baldur's Gate people are trying to figure that out right now. All right. So, cross-platform co-op, iOS and Android, and it's playable solo, of course, and there's a video you can go look up and find uh, out there. Cool. I like it. And, uh, oh, I think that's it for news. Did I miss anything, anybody? Even uh, if you did, I think we covered a lot. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, with that, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching the show. We are going to head out and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got feedback for the show, send it over to podcast.rpgamer.com. 608-729-4098 is the voicemail. Board at rpgamer.com is the message board. Please answer this question of the week, which was, Manny, what was that again? Um, what game have you played the most? Yes. Or what's your comfort game? Comfort games or games you play the most. I like it. And then we have one more thing to ask you to do, and that's to rate and review us on iTunes. Give us your five-star ratings. That really helps us out and gets this show exposed to more people. So go ahead and do that over on iTunes. We appreciate your effort there. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rpgamer. I'm Sobin1001 on Twitter. Manny is MarinoEM. Anna is A.M. Neufeld, N-E-U-F-E-L-D. And John doesn't use his, but he's Mecha Quinn. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> he's a lurker. Use... He's a Twitter lurker. I use mine, damn it. I just don't use it very often. Oh, all right. Tweet at all of us. We'll tweet back at you. And uh, I think that's it. Anything to leave anybody with? Downton Abbey. Everyone go watch some Downton Abbey. <laughs> Why? It. It's terrible. Oh, I like it. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you next week. Maybe we'll have a crossover with uh, the Spaceship Titanic and Downton Abbey for you. They're both British, right? That counts. All right. Bye, everybody.